Hey, this is Pastor Holly of Open Door Sanctuary, and welcome to our podcast. We are so glad that you are here, and wherever you're listening from, we believe that God will transform your life through today's message. Be sure to subscribe so that you can get these messages every week, and I pray that you are blessed today. Amen, amen, and amen. Good morning again, beloved. I was on social media a couple of weeks ago, maybe about a month or so ago, uh, and this news anchor that I follow regularly, he chronicles his children's shenanigans and, 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 and he creates skits of him that inevitably end in his untimely demise because <laughs> he has committed some infraction that has caused his wife to bring his life to an abrupt end. I was reading through the comments uh, on this one particular skit where, where he, this anchor had returned home from a trip and he proceeds to ask his wife, the mother of his three children, what had she been doing the entire time he was away? He posed his question to her because in this skit, and it's, it's not real, but in this skit, the house was a mess. He closes the skit with a picture of him and his name, and underneath the picture and his name, he gives his, he provides his sunrise date, and he provides his sunset date. In the comments section, a pastor mentioned to him, Young man, please, please stop writing your obituary and announcing your death. I speak life over you and your precious family. You are very humorous and, and, and you can speak other things into existence instead of your funeral epitaph. I declare the word that with long life he will satisfy you. There are some responses to the pastor's comments, but, but what was most remarkable to me was the sheer number of people that commented, lighten up. It's just a joke. Immediately, my brothers and my sisters, immediately my spirit jumped in and, and, and uh, our text for today became crystal clear and has stayed in my spirit since that experience. How many times have we said something, whether jokingly or seriously, without giving any thought to the reality that we were speaking life or death into our very existence. If you will, beloved, turn with me, journey with me this morning, if you will, journey with me to the book of Proverbs.
Proverbs is right after Psalms. Journey with me to the 18th chapter of Proverbs. We're going to read up to verse 21. And then I want to stop at verse 21 for a very specific reason. The 18th chapter of Proverbs, beginning with verse 1. A man who isolates himself seeks his own desire. His rages against all wise judgment. A fool has no delight in understanding but in expressing his own heart. When the wicked comes, contempt comes also. And with dishonor comes reproach. The words of a man's mouth are deep waters. The wellspring of wisdom is a flowing brook. It is not good to show partiality to the wicked or to overthrow the righteous in judgment. A fool's lips enter contention, and his mouth calls for blows. A fool's mouth is his destruction, and his lips are the snare of his soul. The wounds of a talebearer are like tasty trifles, trifles, and they go down into the inmost body. He who is slothful in his work is a brother to him who is a great destroyer. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run to it and are safe. The rich man's wealth is his strong city. And like a high wall in his own esteem. Before destruction, the heart of a man is haughty. And before honor is humility. He who answers a matter before he hears it, it is folly and shame to him. The spirit of a man who will sustain him in sickness, but who can bear a broken spirit. The heart of the prudent acquires knowledge, and the ear of the wise seeks knowledge. A man's gift makes room for him and brings him before great men. The first one to plead his cause seems right until his neighbor comes and examines him. Casting lots causes contentions to cease and keeps the mighty apart. A brother offended is harder to win than a strong city, and contentions are like the bars of a castle. A man's stomach shall be satisfied from the fruit of his mouth, from the produce of his lips he shall be filled. Death and life. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruits. 
Gracious Lord and Heavenly Father God, we ask this morning, Lord, that you would clear our hearts, clear our minds, and clear our souls. We would ask this morning, Lord, that you not allow us to sit under our tents of discontent, but to hear a word from you that might edify our spirits as we rejoice in your name. Consecrate me now to thy service, Lord, by the power of grace divine. May my soul look up with steadfast hope and my will be lost in thine. Amen. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. While you are journeying with me this morning, let us focus on the thought, what are you speaking? What are you speaking? What are you speaking? The book of Proverbs this morning that we find ourselves in is, is, is known as the book of wisdom. And a lot of folks get this confused. It's not merely an anthology, but it's a collection of collections relating to a pattern of life which existed for a millennium. Proverbs, Proverbs, Proverbs is, is an example of biblical wisdom literature, much like Job and Ecclesiastes, which Proverbs raises the questions of values. Proverbs raises the questions of moral behaviors, the meaning of life, and right conduct. Proverbs' theological foundation is the fear of God. Many of us get that mixed up when we hear the term the fear of God. But the fear of God means that the submission to the will of God is the beginning of wisdom. Therefore, get wisdom. And with all thy getting, get understanding. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Like Job and, and, and Ecclesiastes, the, the two other wisdom pro, uh, books, Proverbs, like Greek philosophy, Proverbs shares an inquiry into values and reflection on the human condition. 
A man who isolates himself, seeks his own desire. He rages against all wise judgment. A fool has no delight in understanding, but in expressing his own heart. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Again, I ask you this morning, beloved, what are you speaking? The words of a man's mouth are deep waters. What are you speaking? What are you speaking, my brothers and my sisters? You see, our text this morning is believed to have been authored by Solomon, the son of David. Solomon was, was, Solomon was the last king of a unified Israel. Remember, Israel once consisted of a northern kingdom and a southern kingdom. But because of things that were spoken, Solomon's son lost the ten tribes of the northern kingdom after his father has died. Words, my brothers and sisters, words have power. Words, beloved, have consequences. And we may not see those consequences right away, but believe me, every word has a consequence. And that consequence can either be good or it can be bad. You see, those consequences may trigger a blessing those consequences may trigger a blessing or it may trigger a curse. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. What are you speaking? A fool's heart. Thank you, Jesus. A fool's lips enter into contention. And the mouth calls for blows. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. What are you speaking? There are so many broken adults walking the streets today. There are so many adults in the broken adults in the church today. There are so many broken adults in our families. There are so many broken adults in our workplaces living in dysfunctional relationships, living with insecurity, living, hallelujah, with low self-esteem because of something that was spoken to them as a child. You're good for nothing. You're just like you're no good daddy. You'll never amount to anything. You're not worth two cents to rub together. You're so stupid. Why can't you get decent brains like your brother? Or why can't you get decent brains like your sister? Folks are walking around in addiction because of the words that were spoken to them as a child. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. What are you speaking? Solomon ruled for 40 years. He was considered the most wealthy of all the Israelite kings in the Bible. 
He was anointed king while his father was yet still alive. All because of words his mother and his father's advisor Nathan spoke to David when Solomon's older brother, hallelujah, planned what we might call a coup. Imagine that. We all know what a coup is now after January the 6th. Imagine that Solomon's brother his older brother, not by Bathsheba, because remember, Bathsheba's first child died seven days after being born. Solomon's older brother planned what we might call a coup. But because of words spoken, Bathsheba and Nathan got together. And they spoke to David. They told David what was about to happen. And they asked David to appoint Solomon as the king. David was still alive. Our text tells us this morning, it is not good to show partiality to the wicked or to overthrow the righteous in judgment. Solomon's brother was trying to overthrow the righteous in judgment. That's why he was planning a coup. He was jealous. He wanted something before his time that didn't even belong to him. How often do we see that today? Somebody wants something that somebody else has and doesn't belong to them. Somebody wants something, hallelujah, because they're jealous. They're insecure. They're living in their childhood trauma. At this time, Solomon was still righteous. You see, he was only about 15 years old when he was anointed the king, taking his father's place. Remember, Solomon is the son of David and Bathsheba. You remember them. David had Bathsheba's husband killed to cover up his adulterous affair with Bathsheba, and as a result, a son was born. But that son only lived for seven days. That son lived for only seven days as retribution to David. David lied. He had an affair with this guy's wife, one of his generals. Then he sent for the guy to come home to sleep with his wife because she had gotten pregnant and they wanted to hide that, you know, that David was the father because it couldn't have possibly have been the, uh, the, the husband because he was away at battle. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Solomon was about 15 years old when, when God came to him in a dream and, and told him to ask for whatever he wanted. In whom, in humility, Solomon asked God for wisdom to govern God's people because he knew he could not do it alone. He was 15 years old. He knew he couldn't do it alone. And yet he was not afraid to ask for God to give him wisdom. And as a result of him asking God to give him wisdom to help govern God's people, God was pleased. God was 
pleased. Solomon was humble. He didn't ask for something that, that he would directly benefit from, so to speak. He didn't ask for riches. He didn't ask for gold. He didn't ask to be elevated to some stature. He didn't ask for anything for his family. He asked for wisdom. He could have asked for anything in the world. And because Solomon asked for wisdom, and, ah, oh, hallelujah, because Solomon asked for wisdom, God allowed him to become one of the wealthiest kings of Israel. You see, Solomon was a military man, and God prospered him in every one of his military conquests. You see, Solomon was the second and the last king to rule over a unified Israel. And I submit to you this morning, my brothers and my sisters, that that was possible only because he understood that death and life are in the power of the tongue. I submit to you this morning, my brothers and sisters, that even through all that Solomon went through, God continued to have his hand on him because he simply and humbly asked for wisdom. How unselfish of Solomon to ask for wisdom. We find ourselves from day to day, week to week, month to month, year to year. We find ourselves in situations that we don't need to be in because we do not or we did not have the humility to go before God and, and, and ask Him for the wisdom we need to get ourselves out of the predicament that we have created and find ourselves in. We talk about folks. We carry lies and rumors about folks to others. We disparage and attack the other people's character. We side with the wicked and unrighteous. We intentionally argue with our neighbors. We intentionally argue with our spouses. We intentionally argue with our children. We intentionally argue with our siblings. We intentionally argue with our co-workers. We intentionally argue with our managers. And then we wonder why we find ourselves in the conditions we find ourselves in. Some, hallelujah, sometimes we need to think before we speak. A fool's mouth is his destruction and his lips are the snare of his soul. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. What are you speaking? What are you speaking? What are you speaking? God wants to bless you and he wants to bless you real good. But what are you speaking? Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Solomon wasn't perfect. By no means was Solomon perfect. He was married to the Pharaoh's daughter. Nam. Yes, he had 700 wives of royal birth. He had 300 concubines, a woman who lives with a man but has lower status than his wife or wives. Not to be common, but Solomon, you see, had a thousand side chicks. A thousand side chicks. Solomon was not perfect. Now, brothers, I see you smiling. 
<laughs> I'm not making that point to advocate that you have that type of setup today. So don't go telling your wives, don't go telling your girlfriends, Pastor Hawley said, no, no, no. Let's not get it twisted. That's not what Pastor Hawley said. That's not what I'm saying. Don't, do not use Solomon as an example for that argument. Or we'll be getting an announcement containing your sunrise date and your sunset date. And I'll be preaching words over you. All I'm saying is not let your imperfections be an excuse, be a hindrance, be a roadblock, be a stumbling block to your blessings. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run to it and are safe. Death and life, my brothers and my sisters, I need you to understand this. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. What are you speaking? What are you speaking, brothers? What are you speaking, sisters? What are you speaking, church? What are you speaking? God has already given us power through Jesus the Christ to speak to our situations. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. What are you speaking? I'm here to tell someone this morning that, 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 that you don't have to be in financial straits. God says that through Jesus the Christ, he would open up the windows of heaven and pour you out blessings that you won't even have enough room to receive. So what are you speaking? What are you speaking? What are you speaking? Speak the words. I plead the blood of Jesus the Christ over my finances because death and life are in the power of the tongue. I'm here to tell someone this morning that, 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 that when you get that unexplained diagnosis from the doctor, whether it's cancer, heart failure, kidney failure, multiple sclerosis, brain tumor, HIV, whatever it is, plead the blood of Jesus the Christ over your body because by his stripes we are healed. Death and life are the power of the tongue. What are you speaking? What are you speaking? What are you speaking? I'm here this morning to tell someone that God through Jesus the Christ wants to make you the head and not the tail, the top and not the bottom. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. What are you speaking? Someone here this morning needs to know that God through Jesus the Christ wants to make you the lender and not the borrower. What are you speaking? Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Stop saying, oh, I'm poor. Stop saying, oh, I'm broke. Stop claiming that. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. What are you speaking? Somebody else needs to, needs to know that when you're in trouble, when you're in danger, call on the name that changes all things. Call on Jesus when you don't know what else to do. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. What are you speaking? Stop speaking death over our children. Tell them they aren't worth anything. They can't do anything. They won't be anybody. Stop! 
speaking death over our children. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. What are you speaking? You see, my time's almost up. Weeping may endure for a night. I say weeping may endure for a night. But joy cometh in the morning. What are you speaking, brothers and sisters? Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Maybe you have some type of addiction. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. What are you speaking? I rebuke the spirit of addiction in the name of Jesus the Christ because no weapon formed against us shall prosper. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Maybe you find yourself this morning in a situation causing you distress. What are you speaking? He that dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress. My God and Him will I trust. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. What are you speaking? What are you speaking? What are you speaking? Death and life. Death and life are in the power of of the tongue. What are you speaking? Amen. Thank you for joining us today and I pray that you've enjoyed this podcast. A special thanks goes out to those of you who give generously to this ministry. It's because of you that this ministry is possible. Also, thank you to those of you who are a part of Open Door Sanctuary, whether you support us financially serve with us or you just share these messages it's because of all of you that we are able to reach people around the world if you've enjoyed this podcast be sure to subscribe and share it with your friends and family again we thank you for listening now go out and live victoriously